To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk health. How many people do you reckon are on the old health waiting list? Well, until the end of July, there are now more than 200,000 on some form of waiting list, either for surgery or for first assessment to begin that treatment. It's around 70,000 on the wait list for the surgery. 42% of those are waiting longer than the four months, which was the national standard before the Labour Party scrapped all of that. Another 141,000 are on the list just to get a first specialist assessment. Minister of Health Andrew Little is with us. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. So these numbers for the waiting lists, as they sit in your view, out of 10, 10 you couldn't be doing any better. One, it's a disaster. What's your score? Well, it's not good because we've had the disruptions caused by COVID, um, particularly this winter with the flu season as well. A whole lot of planned care, elective surgery, was was simply put on pause and that's caused extra delays. Um, What Health New Zealand has done is they've got their their clinical lead team together. They've started the process of doing the catch-up. People who have um, been on a list for treatment for more than 12 months, they're about 50% through that list. People have been waiting for... Specialist appointments, they've reduced that, and that's quite a big list by about 16%. They're making progress, but there is a big list to catch up with. What's an acceptable waiting list? Well, we have a target time that, if, um, you know, 90%, I think, of people waiting no more than four months, either for a first specialist appointment, um, the first time you see somebody after your doctor, or getting the treatment after they've got their specialist referral. Um, but those numbers that we're pushing right beyond those numbers for a lot of people, far yeah. too many people. Exactly, um, but many many would argue, I would argue, that four months is too long anyway, isn't it? Uh, well, I, I mean, you, yeah, you, you want, if you're really seriously, you'll, you'll get seen very quickly. If you're emergency, you'll get seen very quickly. For a lot of people, what we're talking about is conditions or things they've got that, that can wait, aren't urgent, um, but if they're causing pain and what have you, you don't want to linger a whole heap of time waiting for that to be attended to. So you, you want your clinicians to be making those judgment calls about who gets ahead of the queue first. From personal experience, not mine but family members, isn't part of the problem lack of specialists full stop? Well, we do have we have uh, you know, a lot of vacancies with specialists. A lot of it, though, is managing what actually happens. So I know one of the issues with, with the specialist is somebody does a procedure um, and the, the kind of guideline is you do a follow-up appointment. A lot of those follow-up appointments don't need to be in person. I, and I had a procedure at the very end of last year um, and we just decided, when, you know, it didn't take much, but we just decided I didn't need to go back to see the specialist. I just rang him on the phone yeah. uh, two weeks later and he said, is it okay? He said, looks okay to me. He said, leave it. If there, anything um, goes wrong, get back in touch. So it's, it's about the way some of those appointments are being conducted. They don't all have to be face-to-face. I can't help but wonder all the energy, time and money you put into the centralisation of the system. Imagine if you took the money and put it into operations. Um, yeah, well, this is about coordinating getting the operations done and actually coordinating getting the, the staffing gaps filled. So we now have a, a, a centralised process, particularly if we're you know, recruiting offshore, uh, one point of call, one desk, one person or one outfit looking after all the process of recruiting somebody, getting them settled, getting their family settled in New Zealand and getting them up to work. We had 20 different uh, organisations doing that before and it was a mess. Yep. Do you Are you happy with the immigration process at the moment in terms of applications received and processed? Are we getting people into the country in a way that you think is satisfying? Yes, we are. The numbers are building. I focus on the nurses. So we've had about 400 um, applications for visas for nurses. So that's people who, warm bodies, applying for actual jobs. 300 of those have been approved. 
75% of those are in for, for Health New Zealand, so for the public health sector, about 25% for the private sector. Those numbers are growing every day. So that's, that's a pretty good pace given the international competition for health workers. Right, so when do I get you on the programme instead of saying, look at this, it's blown out, it's 200,000, the waiting list is month. When do I get you on and you go, tell you what, all things considered, Mike, this looks pretty good to me. Um, let, let's talk at the beginning of next year and just see where things are at. Uh, this is, you know, with COVID now sort of receding, flu receding, there is a real sense of, of catch-up starting to happen. So give us a few months and see what that looks like. All right, appreciate it very much, Andrew Little. You can't argue with that. That's a decent answer. Diary note, late Jan, when we're back, we'll get them on and we'll see what that looks like. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.